strange stories of peculiar people and extraordinary events throughout history. This is Notorious Narratives. Welcome to Notorious Narratives. I'm Jen. And I'm Robin. And tonight, I am going to talk about the White Witch of Rose Hall. Ooh, good one. So, some friends of the show, named Sean and Lindsay, just recently returned from their epic honeymoon to Jamaica Mm -hmm. and came back with a pretty cool story. So, if you know anything about me or you've listened to the show before, you know that if I'm told it's a cool story, I'm going to have to look it up. Absolutely. That's what I did. Anyway, this is the story of the White Witch of Rose Hall. It has a little bit of history, a little bit of country music, and a splash of a slave rebellion. (laughs) Just for good measure. So... We'll talk Sounds a little like bit. A good time. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> Said this sarcastically. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I heard the sarcasm. I think that the people heard the sarcasm. I think by now, I hope, I hope they understand the sarcasm. I certainly hope. The Rose Hall Plantation, better known today as Rose Hall Great House in Montego Bay, Jamaica, is considered one of the most haunted houses in the Western Hemisphere. It has such a notorious reputation that the famous American singer and songwriter, writer, Johnny Cash wrote a song popularizing the legend created by Herbert DeLeeser, who immortalized Annie Palmer in his book, White Witch of Rose Hall, which was published in 1929. For those of you who do not know, Johnny Cash lived in Jamaica on a piece of land that was once part of the Rose Hall plantation. He did not live in the house, but he lived on the land, so he lived very close by. This gorgeous 18th century plantation manor house is the home of Jamaica's most famous ghost the White Witch of Rose Hall. On the coast of Montego Bay sits the spectacular Georgian mansion, Rose Hall, built in the 1770s. Georgian structures tend to be very symmetrical and resemble Greco-Roman architecture with its simplistic style. Georgian-designed buildings of the 1700s were an attempt to revive the ancient Greco-Roman edifices while infusing contemporary building materials such as wood and stucco in the overall construction. So, of the 700 great houses that once served as the homes of Jamaica's wealthy plantation owners, only 15 of those remain today, the others having been burned to the ground by slaves during the Great Jamaican Slave Revolt of 1831-32. Take this house and shove it. So, because this is a fucking history podcast, Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you about the Slave Revolt. Yay! Right? Okay. So, the Baptist War, also known as the Christmas Rebellion, was an 11-day rebellion that mobilized as many as 60,000 of Jamaica's 300,000 slaves during the holiday season of 1831 to 1832. Yes, Robin, you heard me right. That is- 300,000? 300,000 slaves. Yes. So, it was considered to be the largest slave rebellion in the British Caribbean. The name Christmas Rebellion came from the fact that the uprising began shortly after December 25th. It was also called the Baptist War because many of the rebels were Baptist in faith. I've heard about the Baptist War. I didn't, wow. That's you may have cool heard of the on Christmas how, Rebellion. I didn't know there was the same thing. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So I definitely, when I was reading this, I was like, huh, I've heard of the Christmas Rebellion. I've heard of the Baptist War. Mm-hmm. I've heard of the slave revolt of Jamaica. Who knew? Oh, All the, the same, same thing. So there are many slave revolts in Jamaica, but... We're going to talk about some. Jamaica, like most British colonies, is overwhelmingly slave and black. The enslaved outnumbered the whites on the island by far in numbers of 12 to 1. Oh, shit. Yeah. They revolted in 1831 partly because of the economic depression that affected many of the impoverished whites and made them allies of the rebels. Tensions were high as well because of the abolition of slavery that um, was being heavily debated in British Parliament 
and Jamaican planters disturbed at the prospect of the abolition of slavery made inflammatory speeches and wrote articles in newspapers attacking the thought of emancipation. Their attitudes and actions contributed to the agitation and discontent of the slave majority. The planning and organization of the revolt was done by the leader of the faction of rebels known as Samuel, in quotations, Daddy Sharp. I don't like it. I'm uncomfortable. I feel really, I feel creepy. Anyway, Mm -hmm. so uh, Samuel Sharp, who had uh, been given limited freedom to move around the island, was actually one of the ones who he kind of riled everybody up. Sharp used this freedom to move freely, especially with the ability to travel on traditional holidays and religious services to discuss the plan for the revolt. At the end of the regular prayer meeting in mid-December of 1831, Sharp and a selected group of leaders stayed behind to discuss their plans. Sharp recalled examples from the Demerara slave revolt in 1823 in Guyana and rebellions in the Caribbean islands to encourage his followers. He then had them swear on the Bible that they would follow the plan that they had outlined. On Christmas Day, the leaders of the uprising went on strike, demanding more free time and a working wage. They refused to return to work until the plantation owners met their demands. The strike escalated into a full rebellion when the planters refused their demands. On Monday, December 27th of 1831, the full rebellion broke out on the Kensington Estate near Montego Bay. Enslaved Africans burnt down houses and warehouses full of sugarcane, causing over a million pounds worth of damage. More than 200 plantations in the north of Jamaica were attacked as 20,000 enslaved people seized control of large chunks of land. As sugar cane fields were set on fire, whites who were not already in town for Christmas fled to Montego Bay and other communities. A lot of money. The Christmas Rebellion ended during the first week of January of 1832. However, sporadic resistance continued for another two months as the rebels resorted to guerrilla tactics while fighting in Jamaica's mountainous interior region. At the end of the fighting, 14 free blacks who supported the rebellion and over 200 rebels had been killed. More than 300 enslaved men and women were executed, including Samuel Sharp, who was hanged. Whoa. Is, well, because he was like the leader. Yeah. Kind of show... The Baptist War, however, pushed Great Britain to adopt full emancipation throughout all of its colonies, including Jamaica and the West Indies, in 1838. So right after this, they were like, all right, we we can't have this. This is bananas. And they set out with like a plan to reach full emancipation by 1838. I won't get into the details of that specific plan. But okay. that's the slave rebellion that caused almost all of the houses on the island to be burnt down. And that's why there are so few historic plantation houses that remain in Jamaica today. Rose Hall is one of them. Yeah, I think they said it was like 15 houses remain out of like all of them. Yes. Yes. Of these remaining manor houses, Rose Hall is the most well-known and the most infamous. The story of Rose Hall begins in the year of 1746 when an Englishman by the name of Henry Fanning, in preparation for his upcoming marriage to Rosa Kelly, the daughter of Irish immigrants, who was already living in Jamaica, he purchased a giant plot of land, 290 acres, to cultivate and to build a large home on. Henry and Rosa were married in 1747, but unfortunately, Henry died a few short months after the wedding. Three years later, in 1750, Rosa married George Ash, a wealthy landowner in the St. James Parish. Ash immediately set about building a beautiful mansion house for Rosa. Many believe that he named Rose Hall in her honor. 
but it appears more likely that it was actually named for the Rose family to which, uh, to which George was closely associated. Sadly, George died in 1752, shortly after the construction of the years. home was completed. Whoa, I see a pattern. <laughs> a year later, Rosa married Norwood Witter, a plantation owner and widower from Westmoreland. The marriage was, by all accounts, an unhappy one. Witter apparently spent all of his wife's money and left her with considerable debt. The unfortunate union ended in Witter's death in 1767. Okay, that was some time. A little over 10 years. In 1768, Rosa married John Palmer, the owner of the neighboring Palmyra estate and the Custos of St. James Parish. Palmer was a widower who had two sons living in England. John and Rosa had a happy marriage that lasted until Rosa's death in 1790. John died seven years later in 1797. Because John and Rosa had no children together, the Rose Hall and Palmyra estates were left in trust to John's sons in England. The sons never went to Jamaica to claim the estate, and neither had any children to pass it on to. So upon their deaths, the ownership of the estate passed to Palmer's grand-nephew, John Rose Palmer. In 1818, John Rose Palmer moved to Jamaica and took charge of Rose Hall. Soon after, he married Annie Patterson, making her Annie Palmer. And it is she who became known as the White Witch of Rose Hall. Whoa, it's pretty cool. I thought, I was, honestly, I thought I saw a pattern of Rosa. I'm like, I, oh no, like, where's this going? I'm just going to need you to step back. Just sit back. Enjoy the show. Go ahead. Enjoy the show. Strap in. All right. Because many of you might know this story. I'm sure if you've gone to Jamaica, you have heard it. It is quite popular there. Mm-hmm. It is, Rose Hall is a very popular tourist attraction. Ghost hunting inside Rose Hall is very popular. This story, maybe a little less popular. So, there are, as with most legends, many variations to the story of the White Witch of Rose Hall. But there are common threads that run through all of the versions. It is these common threads that will be used to tell you this story. As the legend goes, Annie Palmer was born Annie Patterson, the daughter of an English mother and an Irish father. When Annie was just 10 years old, her family moved to Haiti. There, Annie learned voodoo from her Haitian nanny. When her parents later died of yellow fever, Annie was left to be raised by that nanny, under whose continued tutelage she became an expert a voodoo nanny. in voodoo. God damn, that's awesome. At the age of 18, following the death of her nanny, Annie moved to Jamaica in search of a rich husband. It is here that she met and married John Palmer, who was, by this time, the owner of the Rose Hall estate. Within a few months of the wedding, Annie began to tire of her husband. She started taking on slaves as lovers. I mean, so, and she also grew up in the culture. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. She, yeah. So, I mean, you, you know, you're kind of, you typically attracted to what you grow mm-hmm. up with. But they anyway, do, man. When John caught her at this, he beat her with a riding crop. The next day, <laughs> John was found dead. Holy shit. It was believed that Annie killed him by poisoning his coffee. Side note, coffee from Jamaica is really delicious. Mm-hmm. With John dead, Rose Hall went to Annie who now had the estate to herself, and thus began her reign of terror. She continued to take slaves as lovers, murdering them when she became tired of them. She would regularly torture her slaves and even kill those who managed to displease her. She set traps all around the property so that slaves could not escape. Slaves that worked in the house and had access to the kitchen were required to whistle 
whenever they were around food so that she would know that they were not helping themselves to any of it. So I would have been totally fucked because I can't whistle. Yeah. Oh, neither can I. Really? Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. You've never noticed? That the, the you've never 18 noticed? 18 plus years you've known me, I've never did you know, fucking whistled. Did you know that I couldn't whistle? No, not at all. I think if you just can't whistle, it's something you don't do and I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> you know? You don't bring it up because people always be like, yes, you can. Just push your lips together. Blow. It's like, I've been I trying have. for 40 years. Like, I know. fucking leave me alone. Get off my back. Can't whistle. Let's call it a day. I can't believe I just learned this about you. Where was I? <laughs> that was a real sidetrack. Um, anyway. Uh, whistling. Whistling so that, yeah. Because it's impossible to whistle when your mouth is full. If any of them were caught not whistling, she would cut off their hands as punishment for the supposed theft of food. Due to her extreme cruelty and her regular practice of voodoo, the slaves began to call her the White Witch of Rose Hall. Annie married two more times, murdering both husbands for their money. It is said that she killed her second husband by stabbing him in the chest while he was sleeping. She then poured boiling oil into his ears to make sure that he was, in fact, dead. Oh, my God. She killed her third husband by strangulation with the, salt, with the help of her slave lover, Taku. Annie's downfall began when she fell for an Englishman by the name of Robert Rutherford. Rutherford had no interest in her, but was actually quite in love with her lover, Taku's granddaughter. It's a little bit of a love quadrangle. Uh-oh. Yeah. So, to get the granddaughter out of the way, Annie cast a voodoo spell upon her, known as the Old Hidge. The spell was said to bring about a visit from a ghost that would cause the person whom it visited to slowly wither and die. Taku became so angered at the death of his granddaughter that he attacked Annie and strangled her to death. Go Taku. Yeah. He was like, no, no, not my family, bitch. Slow your roll. You can call these white dudes. But go fuck yourself. <laughs> the slaves took her body and buried it in the deepest hole they could dig on the estate. They then burned all of her possessions for fear that they might be tainted by her spirit. Mm-hmm. Then a voodoo ritual was carried out to ensure that the spirit could not escape the deep grave. The ritual was, however, not successful. And Annie's ghost was freed to haunt Rose Hall. Do you think there was like one artifact they didn't get? You know, like just like one put thing like that they were missing. Letter opener in a wall or something. Yeah, exactly. And it was like the letter opener she used to stab that second yeah. husband or something. Or she know? made something out of her hair and she hid it like in in the wall or you know. She probably put her hair in a mattress. It is believed that Rose Hall escaped the fate of most of the other great houses during the slave rebellion because the slaves believed that if they burned the house down, they would release any spirit from the property, and freeing it would allow it to go wherever it chose. It is said that subsequent owners of the estate met with early and often gruesome ends, and that this is why the house stood empty for more than 130 years. Annie's murder, however, did coincide with the slave uprising that uh, that erupted in Jamaica in 1831. But after this uprising, Rose Hall fell into disrepair until over a century later, 130 years, Uh it sat empty. And in 1960, former Miss USA Michelle Rollins and her husband John Rollins Purchased the property and refurbished it. Did they know? I think so. It's like, it's a pretty serious legend. Wow. Brave. Good for you people. (laughs) Uh, Many popular ghost television shows claim paranormal activities exist in the mansion and on its lands. Tour guides for this popular destination continue to recant tales about this marauding murderer who tormented people while she was alive and continues to haunt them even after her death. 
These stories continue to add to the mystery and lore of the place. The legend makes for a great ghost story and Mm -hmm. has proven to be a boom for Jamaican tourism, especially at Rose Hall. But a story is all it is. It could not be further from the true story of Annie Palmer. That's awesome. The true story of Annie Palmer. None of this is real. Awesome. So, the true story of Annie Palmer is seriously less dramatic than the legend. Is she still English, (laughs) Irish descent? Annie Palmer was born... Annie Patterson, true. A Jamaican of Scots descent, true. Um, but she was not brought up in Haiti, and nor did she have a Haitian nanny. And she did not Practice get trained in voodoo. In 1820, she did marry John Rose Palmer, who was the great nephew of the original man who built the house. Um, but John Rose Palmer was Annie's first and only husband. There is very little known about their life together. But it seems to have been relatively normal, peaceful, and uneventful. Their time at Rose Hall was short, in fact, as ne- and neither of them actually died there. So you'll remember when we were talking about the family that lived there, and they both died, and because they didn't have heirs, they passed it on to this grandnephew. Mm-hmm. So the grandnephew is the person that Annie married. And yeah, so they first moved- it was the two sons, and then they died without being married and no children. Right. And then go- yeah. So they never actually even went back to the house. The two sons. So a grandnephew, like, essentially, like, one of his siblings' children yeah, ended up with like, the estate. This is cool. Let's go check it out. Yeah, he's like, like, all right, great. Like, all right. So, like, here's, I have this wife, um, you know, who's familiar with I Jamaica. Have a house that's on a plantation. I have a plantation house. Let's yeah. go live in it. Mm, except that huge debts were attached to Rose Hall and the Palmyra Estates. Well, yeah, I mean, half of it was caught on fire. But they lost most of their crop, most of their sugar. So, it's, so I'm sure, yeah, there's, it's yeah. a hot mess. So the huge debts that were attached to both Rose Hall and Palmyra Estates were more than John Rose Palmer could absorb or that the estates could, themselves could recover from. Both properties eventually passed into the hands of the receivers. What's a receiver, you ask? Not 100% sure, but after looking it up the for bank. about 45 minutes— it seems like what it really is is like a government agent who runs the plantation and takes the money that is like owed to people and distributes to whoever has debts with the plantation. Um, but they certainly don't give any money to the people who own it because the debts are so significant. But it causes the plantation to continue to run. Yeah. The Rose Hall Great House stood abandoned, like I said, for over 130 years uh, before it was restored to its massive former glory. Annie Palmer never killed her husband or anybody else. John died in 1827 of natural causes and actually did not even live at Rose Hall when he passed away. There is no record of her ever having tortured or mistreating a slave. In fact, the estate had been cared for by just one or two slaves for many years. And once it was turned over to the receivers, after John and Annie could no longer keep it up, they had no slaves at all. When John died, what little interest Annie still had in the estate, she actually sold for 200 pounds. When Annie herself died in 1846, 15 years after the supposed Mm -hmm. murder of the legend Annie Palmer, she left what little she had to her goddaughter, Giola Mary Spence. So, wonder how that story got. That's exactly, like, how it's such a weird way. Like, this innocent woman just living a quiet life. How did this story start, right? So, the seeds of the legend were actually sown in 1868 when a Falmouth 
newspaper editor published a booklet containing many of the elements of the current tale. The difference was that the story had Rosa Palmer as the right witch, which is that first woman that I talked about with the four husbands. And that the murders and the terrible acts were attributed to her rather than Annie. So Rosa, who they say that Rose Hall may be named for the first. Who I said I saw a pattern. Woman, yes, the person that you said you saw a pattern about. So the fact that she had actually had four husbands helped give the story credibility. And as with many legends, it people have added their own parts to the story over the years. In 1911, uh, a book on the history of St. James was published, which retold the story, but with Annie as the central figure. So it started in 1911. Then in 1929, Annie Palmer's fate was forever sealed, as fact and fiction became completely intertwined when an author, Herbert G. DeLisser, wrote the novel The White Witch of Rose Hall. It seemed to matter not to the people that it was a work of fiction, what Elever elements had been left out of the legend by the two erroneous publications, people were happy to believe it. I figured it. it was a book. I figured it was something like that. Because it's a beautiful establishment that people Yeah, it's a crazy and, story. Yeah, so they can use that as so, inspiration for a story. Is Rose Hall haunted? Nah. So whether or not Rose Hall is truly haunted, of course, hard to say for certain as any haunted location. Mm-hmm. It's really impossible to say. Uh, but many people claim that they see shadowy figures dressed in a green velvet riding dress, uh, riding a black horse around the estate. Others say that they've seen a figure of a woman dressed in all white on the stairs. I mean, how many ghost stories have the all woman white. in white? All white. But there, um, has, there was a lot of death on that property. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. So it could, it, yeah. Indeed. Indeed. Um There have also been reports of screams, the sound of running footsteps coming from various rooms within the house, especially within the cellar area. Yeah, because things are fire and everyone's running away. But if the place is actually haunted, one thing is true. It has nothing to do with a white witch, any murdered husbands or tortured slaves or any voodoo rituals. Though it could very well be Annie Palmer coming back to see her tarnished home. I did do, I did watch a few videos online about um rose hall and to like see if i could find like any investigations or anything like that. i tried to find like some good investigations ghost hunters international did do a case there but the video had been re- removed from youtube so i wasn't able to actually i mean well this is also going back like 15 but years ago many of the people so at one point you were allowed to stay in the house and there was one man who said that he couldn't sleep so he got up to make a cup of tea and he heard a scream and he went to investigate and he couldn't find anyone And the last two people who were said to stay there requested to stay in the bedroom where the legendary murders took place. And they said that they were so, that they spent such a restless and fearful night that they would never go back. And they were actually the last two people to ever sleep overnight inside where it was all plantation house. But it's fearful because it's getting in their own head based on like, oh, this is the room. You know, what was going to happen? Yeah, you're not going to sleep if all you're doing is trying to listen for something to happen. Exactly. And it's a house that was built in 1770. Things creak. Things crack. Things certainly creak and crack. If especially wood like a lot and, of wind. And, and that heat, it expands. All heat, smells humidity. and stuff come out of the right. like, seep out of there, please. Yeah. You'll start to smell like the old, yeah. the old um, pipe smoke and mm-hmm. things like that. Absolutely. 
So the Rose Hall Plantation is currently one of the most well-preserved of Jamaica's sugar plantations and estates from the old days, and is a tourist attraction that brings in droves of visitors. Many of them come for the history, but most of them come with a grim fascination about the tale of the White Witch and the subsequent hauntings. This has become a must-see for those looking for a taste of Jamaican history and those wanting a view into the country's darkest and most sinister legends. So, yeah. I mean, I think it would be pretty cool to look at, too, though. I mean, it's— I mean, I would still go. I mean, giant plantation like yeah. that. Beautiful. Exactly. So if you're ever in the area and you want to go see Rose Hall, apparently, as soon as you hit the island, people start to tell you, There's probably hey, millions of ways you have to, to go there. to Rose yeah. Hall. Like, you know, oh, have you heard the legend of the White Witch? And there's, like, tons of stories, and the culture is really wrapped up in it, and a lot of their economy is wrapped up in it, and it is a gorgeous estate. I mean, just YouTube it, oh— my God, <laughs> unbelievably gorgeous. And it sits on this sort of like high hill and it flowers on the front lawn. It says Rose Hall and it overlooks the ocean. It unbelievably beautiful. So definitely worth a visit regardless of whatever you think about the true legend. Um, the fact that it stood since 1770, I think, is plenty good reason to go see it regardless. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But, unfortunately, the story of the White Witch of Rose Hall is nothing more than a legend and will always be just another notorious narrative. Thank you so much for listening. If you're enjoying the podcast, there are a couple of things that you can do to help us out. You can leave a positive review wherever you're listening now. You can also go to patreon.com forward slash notorious narratives, where you can access content that is exclusive for our patrons. And remember, keep it weird and never stop exploring.